0: Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The word of the Lord to us today is to strengthen in the inner man and the greatest attribute of our Holy Father and of the sacrificial lamb and of the comforter is his love. His love is here. And we ask and declare that the Spirit of God just fill you with His love. A supernatural love. Something that's beyond any emotion or any physical relationship. But a love. That's how much God loves you. He gave everything for you and for me. And now, we're going to ask Him and his Holy Spirit to guide us through some landmines to take us with some understanding and knowledge even to overcome human reason and knowledge Father be with us this morning thank you for your word and we eagerly await to thirst to worship you some more after communion we ask you Lord to just Let your light come bright into our understanding and our hearts as we prepare to go out, Father, even as you prepared Moses to go out, but yet the children didn't understand. We don't want to be those, Father, who go out in a haste only to look back and say, I wish it was the way it used to be, or if I could go back to Egypt and the world, or if I could just have my things again. Don't let us be those people, Father. Let us discover the treasures. Let us avoid the landmines. Let us have vision again that includes you, O God. We repent, O Lord. We repent, Father, for a fallen earth. We repent, Father, for a fallen church. We repent, Father, for fallen visions. We repent, Lord. For being frivolous. For having our attention put elsewhere. We repent, Lord. We could repent, Father, till the sun goes down and comes up again. And it would not be enough. But yet we say thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that you don't keep a book of sins. But you keep a book of life and love. We've come for peace, for joy in the Holy Ghost, but for truth. Have your way with us, Lord. Have your way now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Be ready to come back up if you would, please. And uh, I want to welcome you. If you've joined live stream, and I hope you have, there's about 20 of us here. Staff and support people that have been faithful every Sunday and sometimes on Wednesday nights because the word of the Lord never stops. And we're excited um, unless something is told us differently. We've been told that May 1st people are supposed to start getting back to some things, but they put all these different requirements that nobody understands on them. And uh, there's a question mark here and a question mark there, but I felt in my spirit it's time for Touch Heaven to return back to church. We're doing the little things here to take care of that little stations. And we were fortunate enough through uh, one of our pastor's daughters to receive a whole bunch of of antiseptic stuff for the hands. And those stations are being built and we've redesigned our sanctuary somewhat and the seating. So you come, and you'll be just fine, I promise you. Uh, You can social distance 100 feet or six feet, whatever you like. There's room for everybody, but we're going to raise up the standard of the Lord, and we are getting prepared to come out. That is the message that the Lord gave me, and it's taken some twists and turns, even in the middle of the night, and I was awed and amazed at the at the revelation and understanding that God is giving to know what he's doing, where his heart is in this time. But let me just share with you something I sent out, and then a little bit more. And it says, get prepared to come out. I asked this question, who would have dared to think that this incomparably advanced brain trust of the 21st humanity this century would come up with no better response to combat a little minuscule virus invading the planet earth than to hide in your house Hmm. the prophet isaiah surely must have seen something like this 2700 years ago when he forewarned in isaiah 26 20. he said go into your houses my people (laughs) lock your door behind you hide for just a moment until the wrath has passed. Hmm. I mean, after all, we do live in this time of this 21st century, and there's been an anticipation. I remember as an adult when Laura Lee and I first took our two children to Disney, and the third one hadn't come yet. I don't think sometimes I don't get those dates right. And we went through the fantasy land areas and the little people things and we saw the Jetsons and what was going to happen in the 21st century and it was a whoa when the 21st century comes there's going to be so much going on there's going to be things flying in the air and people are communicating and transporting different ways and it's going to be so amazing and there's not going to be anything that technology won't overcome and the luxuries we're going to have and the speed of life Who would have thought that it would become our very curse as well as our blessings? I mean, after all, knowledge, just human knowledge, not even exponential knowledge, not even the knowledge that comes from superficial intelligence and and all of that other stuff, but just human knowledge is doubling now about every 13 months. I mean, it went on for a long time to where it was the 19th century before We began to see human knowledge increasing and advancing, and then it was decades, and now it's 13 months, and soon we're told by those that are creating all of the technology brain trust that that knowledge will increase every 12 hours. And yet the Lord said knowledge would be increasing on the earth when these times came. How many signs do we need to see that the times are here? And yet we have foolhardy requests out there and people that are mocking and wondering and mocking and saying, even as Isaiah said, there would be the scoffers, and as Timothy wrote, or Paul wrote to Timothy, there would be scoffers in those last days saying, where is your God? (laughs) God's here. And who could dare say God's not sovereign and, and God is all good and, 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 and none of this could be the wrath of God? Really? Hide for just a moment. Lock your doors. Get in your houses until the wrath has passed. Hmm. You see, I take solace in knowing that God's in control. I don't want to believe that some little minuscule virus has control of the earth right now, even though it may have some control of some humanity. I don't want to accept that we have to rely upon biomedical science alone to get us out of something that we can't see. Because I believe... That the invisible God is greater than the invisible enemy. And I said, and I'll say it again, that invisible enemy comes with many masks on. We're told to wear masks. And God is telling the body of Christ, take the mask of your fraudulent faith off of your heart. And the world runs with masks. And the enemy laughs Because he's used to wearing masks. He sets many invisible landmines for us. Isn't it almost like a science fiction plot? (laughs) Think about it. There's, There's this invisible enemy that's invading the earth, and it's harvesting inside of us. We're the ones that multiply it. It uses us to breed. And it's relentless, and it's merciless. And some say it's showing no signs of slowing down or tiring. And so the fear is placed on the timeline of this invisible enemy. Will it actually flatten and begin to die out? And will the ultraviolet rays and the sunlight do something to stymie it or even stop it? And will we get a vaccine in time against this plague? And what happens not if it comes back. They're saying, and when I say there, these are our scientists. They're saying when it comes back. I don't receive that. I choose not to receive that. I, I choose to stand between the living and the dead, as God said, and to lift up the incense and worship of prayer, but not only that of faith that says, You will not come back into my household. We're getting prepared to go out. And we need to understand that just closing our door isn't going to close off the threat of the fear of the enemy. Very interesting what Isaiah wrote. Now, I understand prophecy a little bit, I think. And I've studied the prophets well before I knew about the book of Revelation or even a new testament i didn't have the mind of christ to help me to elucidate the revelation of what was being said but i knew that it was not good in isaiah in chapter 24 he talks about god's judgment on the old earth well there's never been a time until now to where that judgment on the old earth whole earth has manifested except with noah and God said I'll never flood the earth again with water and he gave us Keshet the beautiful rainbow and my beautiful daughter and we see that rainbow all the time with promises but let me just read a few scriptures to you I want you to understand also while we do this that God's prophetic word speaks out of time and in time and We want to put finite beginnings and ends to the moves of God. But really, we only understand them when we look back. Most of the time when we're in them, we're still looking back trying to figure out when does it start and it's already begun. Interestingly enough, from the moment, the moment that I was brought to the saving grace of Yeshua HaMashiach, as blind as one could be. Religious, but blind. Understanding the, what you call the Bible, the Torah and the, and the laws and the prophets right up to the end of Malachi. Pretty good in it. Studied approved. But I needed that illumination, that inner man. And that's what we're speaking to today is to your inner man. To those who don't know Christ, I want to take care of that right now. I would just ask you to bow your head and say, Jesus, come into my heart right now. Forgive me. And we'll make more sense of it as we get to communion, but don't get through this without the illumination. And Holy Spirit, illuminate us all. Those who stand in the bright light and the dim light and the darkness, illuminate every one of us with truth. God's judgment on the whole earth. Verse 1, 24, Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty and makes it waste and turns it upside down and scatters abroad the inhabitants thereof. Hmm. Verse 4. The earth mourns and fades away. The world languishes and fades away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. Isn't it amazing that haughtiness is brought to the forefront in something like this it's different how different people are dealing with it some with grace in their hearts and turning closer to god and embracing loved ones and family and doing things and getting their lives in a different perspective and others they use that same social media to be haughty to be quite frank with you i'm really not interested what is in some old woman's refrigerator her $24,000 refrigerator in San Francisco. I really don't see every kind of ice cream. That's haughtiness. I don't need to see people that declare and believe that just throwing more money at a problem will solve it. That's human pride and intellect. And we could go on and on, not just picking on a few. But God is exposing so much. It's interesting how standards are set, and the same people setting the standards are breaking them. In the media, wear your mask, but not me. Stay in, but not I. Be kind. But once the mask of the camera is off, be mean. Listen to this, verse 5, the earth is defiled. Oh, we should all be saying, oh, how many of you would like to have a nice, bright, sunny day, and there's a pool, a fresh pool right there. It's, It's just for you, and you put on your bathing suit, and you put your suntan oil on, and You get all fresh and ready, and you say, I've been waiting for this. Some of us that don't have good weather all year, we wait for it. That one time we can just dive into water and, ah. And instead, you dive into the cesspool of a septic tank. How does that feel? How does that smell? What kind of water is that? This is the kind of water it is. This is the stench to the nostrils of the Lord God Almighty who created heaven and earth and says, I will send you living waters. But he never intended for his living waters to merge with the defilement of a haughty civilization. Verse 5, the earth is defiled under the inhabitants thereof. Who's defiling the earth? We're not talking about a a green campaign. We're not talking about carbon emissions. We're not talking about the defilements of resources. That's another time and another discussion. We're talking about the defilement of people. The earth is defiled. You see, beloved, don't go out if you haven't determined that the earth is defiled. Because then you don't know what you're going out to. You're just going back into the defilement. So stay home until you get it right. But those who know our God, we're being called out. So we're being called out to get ready. And and what the Lord is saying to us, get provision. Get provision. I knew, I preached that we were all headed to a place of next. I didn't know where it was. I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was coming very soon. And I didn't even know why God gave it to me. I didn't realize it was a pandemic place of next. I knew it wasn't just for my church or for me, and I kept saying this is for the body of Christ, but I don't have a voice that goes across to the whole body of Christ. I could just be sometimes that lone voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. And here we are at the place of next. And God is saying, before you go out, get your provisions right strengthen the inner man. Because when you go back out, it's not because that there's been the flattening of a curve of that little minuscule virus called COVID-19. There's many other landmines that have already been set for you and I. How do we navigate them? Listen to this. They've, the inhabitants thereof have defiled it because they have transgressed the laws. Whose laws? God's laws. Oh, but I live in grace. Yes, you live in grace, but the kingdom of God still has laws. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not blaspheme the Lord thy God's name. There's a lot of thou shots that are still there. And there's a hidden morality that's written in our hearts that we choose to ignore. Because the defilement is more enticing. <laughs> They've changed the ordinances. Wow. Changed the ordinances. Broken the everlasting covenant. Let every kind bring forth its own kind. That's a covenant of God. God made that covenant with creation, but yet civilized, bright, technically improved, advanced, man chooses to break the laws of the ordinance of God. Well, you know, today, I know, Lord, I was born as a male, but I'm feeling like a female. So that's how I feel. So with all due respect, it's not right, but you don't look like a female. Well, I'll change the way I look. And, you know, today I'm not feeling like a woman, so I'm going to be a man. And the children, God, that you gave me, they're in the way of my life, so I'm going to get rid of them because I have the right. And after all, God, I mean, after all, atheism is a religion, isn't it? I mean, isn't it some kind of oxy, and I call it moronical, truth that If you believe in atheism, then you believe in something. So atheism doesn't exist. But I'll leave that for another time. So now atheism is a religion. So father, but I'm not going to call you father because you might be female or male or some great force inside of me in the energy. I don't know what it is, but that's what I feel. So that's what you are. And you're the same to everybody. I don't care what they call you. They call you by all kinds of names in all kind of religions, but it's the same somebody. Whomever you aren't. (laughs) So here's what we're going to do in this great advanced country that you've given us that has all these luxuries. Now I'm talking about this country that I'm in, the United States, and I know I'm preaching to some of you elsewhere, and I know some of you will grab this, but let me speak about this. I was in school. I was in school. I was ignorant of it, but I was in school. That's how long it's been. When it was determined that we should not pray anymore. That that was a defilement of atheism. And that that was forcing somebody <coughs> who didn't believe in the judeo christian god to to pray to a god that they didn't believe existed so let's take god out of the schools (laughs) well guess what god said you took me out of the schools i'm taking your children out of the schools now have you thought about that parents said oh this is so hard on me i've got to teach my children now and but what are you teaching your children now And so it permeated, first of all, in the higher institutions. Isn't that something? The higher institutions that take the brain trust that God has given us of the world to lower places instead of the highest place. And most of those institutions, name them, your Ivy League schools, were all founded, all founded to teach Christianity. Go to them now they their breeding grounds of atheism and humanism and anti christism they're breeding grounds where enemies of this country come in and steal what we have and take it back to other places to to be able to control us and manipulate us because we removed god from between the living and the dead and we have the blind leading the blind so what did god say he said i've had enough of this higher institution stuff i'm stopping that too do you believe the devil did all that do you believe God isn't at wrath against the earth right now? You see, I choose not to believe that because if I do, then I don't know a way out. If I do, then it means that all of this word about how to come out of it and how to get stronger and how to escape the doom and gloom of the earth that's already begun, and it's been begun for a while. Many of us just didn't feel it because it didn't hit home. He didn't send us to lock our doors for a moment from the wrath. Verse 6, Therefore has the curse devoured the earth? Has the curse devoured the earth? Has the curse devoured the earth? The devil, your enemy, is like a roaring lion. He devours. You see, there's an ability that the soft. Christian. Now I'm talking to the soft Christian. I've often said many times, you can have a problem believing in the spiritual world or in evil or in demons, or, and you can choose not to do that. And I know there's faiths and, faiths and beliefs that think the devil is really not the devil. It's just a name for evil. I mean, when I was studying Torah and talking to the rabbi, they diminished the devil completely. He didn't exist. in hell too. It didn't exist. It was just who knows? Who knows? And so you need to understand that there are principalities and powers and they're powerful. And they're age old. And they know all the tricks in the books and they have different gifts and anointings just like people of God have different gifts and anointings. There's a body of Satan and there's a body of Christ. And that body of Satan has principalities and powers that are assigned to do different things. And they're over different territories and different people. You better believe there's a principality and power with a whole army called the Chinese Communist Party in the heavenlies. You better believe that. And you better believe that that principality and power, they go to the war room of the roaring lion that comes to devour you. And they put a strategy together. And they say, when this happens, we're going to do this and this person. And they get into minds and to people who are given to evil. And people given to evil begin to be the spokespeople for them. They begin to say things and do things that dilute the vision and plan of God. And so there's this conspiracy that's not new in the earth. It's been going on a long time. But yet, we're blind to it yet. And as much as I like a certain senator at times, I heard him last night say, well, we need, and now I'm going to pick right on China because I was exposing them, and I did expose them in January, and everything I said has come true, with the exception yet that we're still afraid to say that they cultured and cultivated this bacteria, this virus, in the P4 lab and I believe they loosened it and released it. I don't believe it just snuck out. I think it got away from them, but they didn't care. And I believe they transported it. Because you know why I believe that? You look at what happened next and what's happening right now. They are buying up companies all over the world. They bought up all the, the, the PPE so that other people couldn't have them, but then they could have them and then they could sell them for more and then give some away and say, oh, we're trying to help you and, By the way, the United States, they're the ones that it happened at, and they don't care about you. Because we're throwing trillions of dollars trying to support our economy to save people, they don't care about people. (laughs) When it finally comes out, if and when it comes out, and it probably won't come out until some people pass away. I don't know. Trust me, it's not thousands that died over there, and they're still dying. It's hundreds of thousands and maybe more. They don't care. Why am I saying it? Because we need to open our eyes and ears. They're they're now buying up U.S. companies again. Let me give you the example. Early this morning while I was praying and just getting my last little bit of instruction from the Lord, I heard a a news break, breaking news. I thought maybe it was about Kim Jong-un. I still haven't figured that one out. I, I imagine he's dead, but I don't know. And they put on the person that's in charge of the resources for Smithfield Foods Slaughterhouse. You know where it's located? Smithfield, Missouri. It's shut down. You know who owns it? The Chinese. They bought it about four or five years ago for $4.2 billion. And they bought it before there was a pandemic that began to destroy the pork it could get. So then they got pork from Russia and Russia sent them bad pork and the pork began to cause diseases. They didn't care. It just killed some more people. What was their solution? Come and buy a slaughterhouse and then buy another one. And now a third of the pork that was coming out of there before it was even processed was being sent to China and still is. But we shut it down. We shut it down because of this minuscule virus, because 25 people had tested to had COVID-19. And so today it comes out and it says, we're about ready to have a food shortage. Do you think the Chinese are upset? How long do you think they'll leave it shut down? My opinion, we're under the War Act. I think the president should demand it goes back to work and he should take their resources and assets. Take back what the enemy stole from us. Now I'm preaching politics. I don't care. You say, well, Pastor, you know, we, we shouldn't merge uh, politics and religion. First of all, I'm not religious, so I'm never guilty of that. Secondly, faith needs to guide politics. Not politics, guide faith. You saw where it got us. The schools are shut down. Your kids are home. Your children can't go to the university. And even those of us who like football, we're not seeing any. God took control. And for those of you who want to say, well, you know, pastor, God is all good. He doesn't do that stuff. Really? I'm going to tell you what I've always said. You can believe all you want, and put your head in the ground. And while your head's in the ground, something's going to bite you in the backside. You see, I believe the Word of the Lord. And I believe Isaiah. Now, you like other parts of Isaiah. Isaiah 53, we all love that. You know, by His stripes we are healed. Isaiah 9, we'll give a virgin, we'll give a child. We love all of that stuff, but when it comes to this stuff, we, we want to tell God who He is. And then we say, Isaiah, we only believe part of you. The other part doesn't quite fit with my new covenant of grace. But God says I'm the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You see, the covenant of grace isn't given to us so that we can ignore the parts of the Word of God we don't like. It's given to us so that we can overcome and know that we sustain and not be groggling in condemnation. And so, here's what else Isaiah said. 2,700 years ago. hmm. A curse has devoured the earth, and they that dwell in are desolate. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are born, and few men left. When he says few men are left, yes, this is prophetic of times that are still coming. This is a transition. This is an era. This is the beginning of an era to the end. That's where we're at. We're at the beginning of the era to the end. And all the whiffs of it were coming out for many years. Ever since Israel became a nation. Who would believe that a nation would be born in a day? But it did. May 1948. So the clock started ticking. And now the clock's moving. And it will stop and it will go and it will stop and it will go. And it's just rounded the 1130 mark headed to the midnight hour. And in that instance, we have to understand that what Isaiah was showing us was much like what John the Revelator saw. He he didn't understand what he was seeing. Scorpions with stingers and this and that. And he didn't know all he was seeing. All he could do was give us what he saw. And he didn't give it to us like a textbook that it would be this, this, and then this, and then this, no matter how many people teach that. They're all wrong, by the way. Say, Pastor, that's pretty arrogant. Yeah, I believe only God's got it figured out. For me, I'm to watch and to pray and to know the time that I'm in and what to do in it. And so we see that in this, Isaiah saying there's few men left. Well, who are the few men? Species, remember, not gender. God created male and female. Species, man, both male and female. There's few left that really know their God. Few. What's few? Well, I don't know. We seem to be happy that less than 1% of people that get infected with COVID are dying. (laughs) Is that few? Is few 1% of the body? Is it you? Is it me? where do I fit? Who am I? What am I called to do? What am I doing? What am I going to do when I go out? And so let's go to verse 10. The city of confusion is broken down. Listen to this one. Every house is shut up. (laughs) every house is shut up, that no man may come in. You know, I was talking to a neighbor, and I love my neighbor. He's a wonderful guy. And he's got a medical family, and I don't fault him. He said, no, my my in-laws are old, and one of them's, you know, they're high risk. And so, I said, they go anywhere? No, they don't go anywhere. Or well, are you going anywhere? No, I'm not going anywhere. Oh who's going anywhere no one's going anywhere I said oh well why don't you have them over your house no we don't want to do that i'm grateful that i've got my, my 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 daughter and son-in-law and the two grandchildren come over our house and we go over their house and we've been doing it the whole time because nobody's going anywhere but we also know we have the banner of the lord over us and you've heard me say jokingly but i mean it seriously I, I'll take the dukes out. Don't you try to social distance my wife from me. That ain't happening. I chased that woman across the earth. I've done it once. I'll do it again. Every person put in their house. Is that a word we're waiting to come true? Or are we living it, beloved? And are we the only ones? Because everyone I speak to around the world, they're living it. Israel is just opening up. The door is cracking people were starting to peer out the door. It was funny because with a friend that I was prophesying to that is in Christian network, I told him, I see the door starting to crack open. And he said, how far? And he wanted to push it farther. I said, it's cracking open and I see the light coming out. Interesting that, you know, the the biomedical the scientists are coming and out now and they say if this little minuscule invasion that's trying to breed in our bodies gets out in the light the light could kill it it only lasts one hour instead of 18 hours or 24 hours or what's brought into the light can't live it's prophetic so what are we going to put in the light are we going to keep it behind the door what are we going to do to strengthen the inner man? And what voice are we going to have? Are we going to say that no matter what a denomination or the board of a denomination, you know, one of the largest Pentecostal denominations in the world refused to pass out voters guides in the last election. But yet I see many of them rushing in and out of the White House. But we don't want to mix politics. with okay? faith. We don't want to tell the people what's right or wrong from the pulpit how to vote. God forbid we do that because unfortunately, the formula for the church has become how big is it? How many people do I have? How much do they tithe? What's the square footage of my building? What's my parking lot look at? What are my programs? That's the formula of the church, and if the shoe fits, wear it. But that's not God's formula that's not God's formula. The Lord says, very few men and women left. That's what the Lord sees. Now you want to say, well, pastor, that's for a later time. Is it? Are you in your house? Are you out of your house? Are you locked in till the wrath passes? Because if you are, then wear the whole book, not the part you like or don't like. The city of confusion is broken down. Every house is shut up that no man may come in. Verse 17, fear and the pit and the snare are upon thee, O habitants of the earth. Fear and the pit and the snare. Does does anybody hear me? Do you understand what's upon the earth and upon many of you? I, I had a wonderful call with, Somebody that goes to this church, they called me because they have a relative that's in the hospital sick and they wanted prayer. And I declared, she's going to be fine. She's going to walk out of there. He said, you know what? I've been praying in the spirit like I never did before and I'm building up and I'm getting strong. And this doesn't make sense while we're locked in my house. I'm getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And I said, yes, you're building up the inner man. That's what the Lord told me to tell you. Thus saith the Lord, strengthen your inner self strengthen your inner self to go out. Because if you go out the same way you came in, woe be the inhabitants of the earth. What are you taking? Don't worry about what you take in and ingest. We're so worried about what we ingest. We're not worried about what's coming out of our heart. Man, there's been so much hand washing going on, I told you already. And what does Jesus say about it? Yes, that's a good thing, but how about your hearts? And everybody's taking their temperature, but God's taking the temperature. Are you hot or are you cold? And everybody's wearing masks, but God's saying, take the mask off. And let me see who you really are. And be genuine. Because you see, behind that mask is the hidden man, the new creation the real being, the one that's strengthened in the Holy Ghost. That's why my friend who said, I've never done this before, I'm praying in the Holy Spirit and I'm building up because he had never, ever tapped into that before. It was there. It's in each and every one of us. But if we don't tap into it, if we don't activate it. Somebody asked me a question this week that somebody had told them in another place that they could lose their anointing. No, you don't lose your anointing. It just can get idle and cold. Because the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. But they do become dormant. We need to stir them up. Stir up the gift of God that's within you. And especially in the dark day. Because when the dark day comes, if you're strong in the inner person, then you don't have to worry about overcoming. Because there are landmines that have been laid. Fear in the pit and the snare are upon you. O inhabitant of the earth, and it shall come to pass that he who flees from the noise of the fear shall fall in the pit. And he that comes up out of the midst of the pit shall be taken in the snare, for the windows from on high are open, and the foundations of the earth do shake, the earth is utterly broken down, the earth is clean, dissolved, the earth is moved exceedingly, the earth shall roll reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall be removed like a cottage and the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it and shall fall and not rise again. This is the birth pains of the last times. This isn't the one. And guess what? How would you like to be locked back in your house and you don't have electricity? Huh? Don't you know that, that this enemy that released this thing upon the earth. Yes, it's diabolical. And yes, I know the devil had his hands in it. And yes, I know that the conspiracy of all of these demonic influences from all over the world knew how to push buttons wherever they were. But don't you know that that same enemy that hates this country, that hates God, that persecutes its people, let me say something to you. I love and have a burden for the Chinese and Asian people. That's indisputable. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about an ugly government called the Chinese Communist Party. They're vicious. They're vicious, they're murderers. They kill their own people. And they're not about socialism like we hear in this country, the good of all the workers. They could care less about the workers. They put workers back to work so that they could be strong and ready to take advantage of this pandemic and they're still dying. It'll all come out. Don't you know that they raced ahead of us under the last administration? that either had their eyes blind or didn't see it, or I don't know, I don't know. They were sleepy, that's for sure. And they ended up with a 5G system that far exceeded ours. We were still stuck in the four. I sat in the first meeting when the vice president and all the generals spoke. I I don't know how I got there, but the Lord put my wife and I there. And he said, we're so far behind, but we're going to catch up in six months and 12 months and 18 months, because if we don't, we could be totally annihilated overnight. You've heard about it. Well, it's real. You know, the electromagnetic freeze that could come upon a nation and the earth when they just short it all out and then your refrigerators don't work and your television doesn't work. How would you like to be locked up in that house and nothing's working? Nothing's going. Your car shuts down because it has electric parts in it. The grid is shut down. What if that were to happen? How bad would that be? All the plants shut down, forget about making masks. What are you going to do? Cut them all by hand. How are you going to get them there? It could get much worse. I don't know what's going to happen, but the shaking isn't over. And there's more coming upon the earth. Arise and shine. The glory of the Lord has risen upon thee, but, but gross darkness upon the earth. And this is the day that Isaiah had talked about. And he says it shall come to pass. Hmm. One article I wrote about Smithfield's Foods. They're reaching out, by the way, for the federal government to help them. They're owned by China. They're saying the president needs to come here and help us. He said he would help farmers. Well, yeah, he should go help the farmers that are stuck with the pigs. The China's having them stuck. And he should tell China, stick it in your ear. Smithville, shut down. Farmers will help you slaughter your own pigs. That's what I would do. Why feed the ones who are stealing it from us? And they have the arrogance to put an American, seemed good to me, probably a nice God-fearing guy on television begging for help today. I don't want my money to go there. The blind leading the blind. And part of that article says the pigs will fly. You ever see a pig fly? Interesting. They're putting them on airplanes as fast as they could. They weren't even processing the pigs. They were cutting them in thirds and sending the best third back to China and then processing them there, stealing our best. Smithfield. You know what, Smithfield? Stay shut down. Take back your company from the Chinese. You know what, Mr. President? Help the people that are in Smithfield, And help the farmers who are stuck with the pigs is what they wanted to happen. Two point some million pigs that have to be thrown away every week if they don't get these butcheries back up and running. You don't think they saw this coming? You don't think they prepared for it? Why did they buy them? Hmm. Is it all coincidence? Why are they buying up biomedical companies in our country as fast as they can? They bought up a lot of companies in Italy and they sent them masks, and rubber gloves with a condition. You have to buy more stuff from us. And by the way, we're going to help you. We're going to prop up these companies that are faltering, and now they control the economy. Really? We don't see that? We don't see that? We don't see the pandemic spiritual gross darkness that's creeping over the whole earth? Who are we in God? Are we fools or do we have the mind of Christ? You know, I was going back through some of my writings and things and I was praying and saying, Lord, you showed me coming into this year that we were entering into a place of next. I didn't understand it and I already preached on that and we'll touch it again because now we're going to have to deal pretty soon about what do we do from this place of next? And I just started to when this all hit. And I was having to have my own mind refreshed that I came from a place. My wife and our family, we we literally moved from a place to a place and from a ministry to a ministry. And guess when that was? It began to happen in 2011. And by 2012, some of you helped and we began to rebuild this house. And the Lord said that, the glory of the Lord would come forth from this place in Canfield, Ohio, and go throughout the whole earth. (laughs) Who would believe such a thing? Who would believe such a thing? The funny thing is about, you'll watch, the words that I'm saying and the things that I've done, some crazy left group will pick up. God bless you. Please write about me. Keep getting it out. And it'll be in the news next week, and they'll be scoffing me and saying I'm a conspiracist and all of these other things. Who would believe that that word goes out from Canfield, Ohio? From a guy that grew up in Hubbard, Ohio. From a guy who should have been dead many times, and but for the grace of God, I'm not worthy to do anything at all. Who would believe such a thing? But God said, pack up and go back, and it was hard. We we came, we went, we came, we went. Every week we traveled here and we traveled back because we, like you, were tent makers. <laughs> we're not making any money either. Unfortunately, I don't qualify for anything. I didn't have a paying job, so I don't get any PPP. I don't get any unemployment. My wife doesn't. We we work for ourselves, and we don't take money from ministry. So, but that's okay, because my reliance isn't upon what this government's going to do for me, because that's going to dry up. And then what's going to happen? We'll just be another seven trillion dollars in debt, and. God forbid another one happens. We're not going to be able to pay for it with money. What's going to happen? I don't know why I'm saying this, but if you're listening, if you got debt, try to get out of it as fast as you can. But pastor, it's going to cost me my credit. What do you need credit for if you can't pay your debt? What, are you going to go buy something and get more debt? Get out of debt. Stick your debt and get out. But pastor, we're supposed to be true and good. Yeah, you're supposed to be true and good, but I'm going to tell you something. The debt's going to kill you right now. It's going to bury you under, and they might be giving you a thirty, a sixty, a ninety day pause, but your debtors aren't going to give you a pause forever, and they're going to come back with vengeance. They always do. And here's what I wrote. So I came out of that place of next, my wife and I, just over seven years ago, in eleven and twelve, and we hit the just as we were hitting the eighth year. The Lord said, "Son, you and everybody, you're arriving to another place of next." Well, I didn't get it. But I came out of that place of next and came here. And here's what I wrote. I wrote this and I said, prophetic outlook for now and the future. The winds of storm are blowing. And I received a short-term outlook for what was coming. And I said the Ides of March would hit us. (laughs) March 15th, 2020, the pandemic declared around the world. March 15th. I didn't know. Just like Isaiah, I had no clue what I was saying or doing. All I know is I wrote what he told me to do back then. as we were transitioning to here, to open up a ministry in a building that was falling down to a place that didn't receive us very well for the most part, walking away from a very large ministry, comfortable. Comfortable. I mean... Most people tell my wife and I, are you crazy? We're trying to go to where it's warm and you came from where it's warm to here in this stage in your life. What's the matter with you? God doesn't care about that stuff, does He? Does He? And so I wrote all these things. The winds of storm are blowing. And it'll be a period from March through July. And I saw large crowds being moved and then he told me to prophesy it was the first time I did that deep was calling to deep and then wasn't long after deep horizon blew up I went on and I just want to share this with you what's about to happen now Luke 21, when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing nigh. You see why I know where we sit? It's because He foretold me and others. He said there'd be a great shift, that it would come from the throne room, and that the edict has gone forth, and that the Ancient of Days was about to shake, and the spiritual patterns of things in heaven Shall begin to shift in this in the in the, in the in the times here and there will be a season of tear a paradigm shift with a season of tear and it will break out in multiple world systems impacting economic, political, religious, social and legal realms currency imbalances causing tremendous problems. All of this I wrote in 2012 the place of next. Israel in the Middle East, Syria will be shaken to its shoes. (laughs) Terrorism and crime and civil unrest. You know, I know I'm speaking to friends in California, y'all either need to change that state or get out of there, something's wrong. I mean, right now, I could go to California, steal a car this morning, and I'll be out Without bail in the afternoon, I could go steal another car in the morning and I'd be out without bail. That's called lawlessness. People that are abusing children, they're getting out in the afternoon so they could go back home. What is wrong with you? Money that you don't have, you're giving to illegal immigrants? Yes, have passion for them. But what about the unemployment lines, which are some of the longest in the world? over in California. You can't pay your bills. You're looking for the federal government to bail you out. And I'm not just picking on California, but I'm going to tell you, if I live there, I'd get out. I'd get out. And by the way, I said that back then in 2012. Get out. Because you can't be godless and lawless and expect to be safe. You can't be. And some are getting out. That's why Texas is turning purple. <laughs> Because people were getting out, but they're getting out with what they came with. That same craziness. That same lawlessness. That same socialism. Beloved, I'm not afraid to preach it from the pulpit. but socialism does not work. Never has it, never will. It's wrong. You say, but pastor, you know, that's political. Yeah, it's political, but it's, it's conspired by that same demonic influence that I told you about. It just gets into someone's mind and she becomes a voice. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love her, yes He does, but it doesn't mean that we're without wisdom and that we don't love into destruction. So we need to call things what they are. And we need to stand as a body of Christ and say no more. Here's what else I wrote. Energy, energy will be turned around overnight. I didn't know that. Oil. Last week, for the first time ever, they will pay you. They were paying people to take oil. You could get 30. If I had somewhere to take it, I'd say, give it all to me. You're paying me 32. So I didn't know where to take it. I wish I had somewhere to store it up. Paying people to take oil. Energy collapsed overnight. But let me ask you a question energy collapsed, how many of you got a notice from the electric company that your bills being reduced? Hmm? Who do you think's buying up the stock of some of those companies? Think about it. Natural disasters. Well, I don't know. Are millions and millions of locusts flooding East Africa? Is that a natural disaster or is that something supernatural? You call it what you want. All I know is there was a governor in New York that said that don't expect an act of God to change anything. Wow. I wrote the time to transition from the church into the kingdom age is as a hand. Prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. Heaven and earth are shifting and shaking. And the church, the shaking begins. And then I wrote this. And this is the one that the Lord reminded me of. I had a vision. And I had this vision right in the midst of producing a very large event to celebrate Israel in Miami. And uh, I brought Paul Wilbur in to... Helped to execute it. And I wrote the entire score in three days. And myself and some of the musicians, we drafted it and we put it down. It was a 32-minute score from beginning to end. Quite complicated. Put the whole program together. And in the midst of that, I get this vision in the middle of the night. And I saw first myself and then somebody else running. and, And every time I took a step and then the person behind me I would just leap, and my toe would set off a landmine, and it would blow. And then I'd go this way, and I'd hit another one, and it would blow. And I was running as fast as I could, trying to run through the minefield. And when I was stopped, the Lord said to me, when fear comes upon the earth, and it's coming, they're going to try to run through landmines. Tell them not to. Tell them not to run from fear. They will fall into the pit. Lord's calling us to build up with inner strength. He's telling us that now is the time. Let they who have ears hear. We've been given so many spiritual talismans. Most of you know I preached on this last year. The tapes are still out here in the lobby. We've been told to believe in so many things that aren't really scriptural. But yet we choose to believe them, and then we don't want to let go of them because I'd prefer, I want to believe that I am indeed part of the pre-trib rapture, and uh, it must not be here because I'm still here. Hmm. Really? How about maybe it's wrong? So many spiritual talismans. Well, I pray that way every morning. Yes, but it's become a ritual to you anymore. Does it have any heart? Well, I put certain things on the dashboard of my car. Really? What does that do for you? Well, I plead the blood over everything. What's that been doing for you? Spiritual talismans. It's what's here. It's the inner strength of the hidden man. It's who we are. And what we're supposed to be. Before we prepare for communion. Here's what the Lord showed me. He says that if we'll look, if we'll open our eyes and look. That what's being revealed are fault lines. In ourselves. And in the body of Christ. What's being revealed are fault lines. If we want to see, we'll see them now because the system's under stress. How would you like this? This just came out from PEW, from Pew, and also as commissioned by the Joshua Fund, which is an evangelical group run by Joel Rosenberg. And he writes about the end of the world all the time. And This was conducted, by the way. This poll was conducted by... McLaughlin and Associates, who happen to be pollsters for President Trump and other Republicans. So they they have some authenticity, don't they? 44%, listen to this, this is the opportunity. 44% of likely voters in the United States see the coronavirus pandemic and economic meltdown as either a wake-up call to faith, a sign of God's coming judgment, or both. Ears have opened up. 44% of likely voters. Now, out of that 44%, do you know that all the people that say they're Christians, it's likely 20% or more that go to church regularly? Hmm? Do you know that out of that group, it's that or even a lesser number that pray regularly? And if you boil that number down some more, it's a very, very nominal group that fast regularly. But an awareness has come that something's happening. Either God's judging the earth, they're thinking, they're wondering, well, guess what? Body of Christ, tell them, yes, God is judging the earth. It's time to repent. Don't crawl back under a rock and just believe in a goody two-shoes God that doesn't punish evil and sin, because then we are preaching people to stumble. Stumble and to fall. One of the first visions God gave me, I didn't understand it, and I saw cattle. And he put me in the midst of a pasture and it was green. I looked this way and it was a green field, lush, beautiful grass. I immediately in my spirit, this was in 1980, I just wanted to go fluff in the grass and do those angel wings in the grass. It was that beautiful. It was the kind of grass that I wish we would have had when we had sheep and the stuff you want in a pasture for your your livestock to eat and to grouse on the good grass, never been trampled down. Nobody brought their livestock. You farmers, you know what I'm talking about. Grass. I mean, I'm talking green grass. You'd want to put it in a pot and stew it yourself and eat it. It looks so good. Put some salt and pepper. I'm getting hungry. Bless God. And I was in the midst of that, and, and I looked to the other way, and, and it looked trampled down and forlorn. I said, Boy, you couldn't feed anything over there. There's just stubs of nothing left. And all of a sudden, this, this big cow came pushing and pushing and pushing. And as it got closer to me, it was a bull. And as it got closer, one of its horns was broken, and it was bleeding from it. It had to break out of something, and its neck was bleeding. And it had broken out of a harness, and it went right through me. In the spirit and I turned around and I looked and it went and laid down in the green grass. And the Lord opened my eyes and I saw a row of similar cattle laying in the grass, male and female, their necks bleeding. And now they began to eat the grass laying down in the presence of green pastures. I said, Lord, what is that? He said, son, the day will come when you will preach for me and you will tell the pastors that I'm going to break the yokes off of the sheep that they've been eating their grass of. And I will take them out of their places and I will put them into a green pasture and they shall eat from the hand of the Lord. And those pastors that have fed themselves and not even left the residue of the grass for my sheep, I will judge them and take them down. That's the word to the church right now. It's not about parking lots. It's not about square footage. It's not about programs. It's not about ties. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Him. We've raised a society that is full of pride. You know, I confess we use Facebook in our ministry, but I also confess I don't. All the time people say, I wrote you on Facebook. I said, bad move, I never go on. Thank God I got Dwayne and Tyler and my wife and some people that take care of that. And they know that if it's not to glorify God, just get rid of it. Well, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to let people vent themselves. Go somewhere else and vent yourself i ain't interested in hearing your vent. You think you're going to change me because you tell me how crazy I am? I know how crazy I am. The Lord knows how crazy I am. Everybody who knows me knows how crazy I am. You don't need to tell me. And if you tell me, I'm not going to change for you anyway. And guess what? I don't care where anybody went that day. I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care if you went to the grocery store. I don't care if you got a new refrigerator. I certainly don't care. If you're putting pictures of yourself on there and talking about you did this and you did that and I, 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 and me, 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 and we, 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 and I don't care. To me, it's a tool for the ministry. And maybe that's what God intended it to be. Maybe it was a tool to edify and to help us to connect for the godly things. But guess what permeated? The ungodly things. And now God forbid you begin to talk too much about Jesus or you interlace a little bit about politics like I did. They could take me down. My friend Mark Gonzalez. Mark, God bless you if you're watching. We were talking this week. They they took Mark down four times. Because he blended some politics with faith. They don't like it, Jeff, when we do that stuff. But boy, all we could say is there's a witch. Craven meeting in San Francisco and Youngstown, Ohio. A hundred witches are getting together. Come today. And we're all going to curse the president and the people of God. Oh, you could get on, stay on with that one. That's a good one. Perversion at its worst. Pride is one of the landmines. Sexual immorality is a landmine. Greed, lucre, dishonesty. And the Lord tells me to say it three times, pride, pride, pride. And I know I'm hitting some buttons right now where you're saying, ooh, ah, look what I did, ooh, pride. Look what I have, ooh, pride. 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 Pride goes before the fall. I have too much, so I'm going to finish with this one, Ephesians, Chapter Three. The Lord said for me to declare. You don't hear me say, thus saith the Lord, unless I really hear it from God. There's too many thus saith the Lord's going on out there. There's a lot of false voices speaking. You've got so many places to go hear so many prophetic words. And most of those words right now are popular because they're all many. (laughs) Most are saying, it's going to be fine. It's all going to be good. It's all going to cover over. God says that this is your opportunity. It's true. It could be your opportunity. But it's not going to be over. This is just the beginning of woes. So how will you prepare yourself from this point forward? How will you go out from your place of next? And how will you get strong? This was Paul's prayer to the Ephesians. And what he was telling them was to be built up in the inner man. What he was saying to them that God, verse 8, has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure. Verse 17, chapter 1. That the good of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of His calling and the riches of His glory And the inheritance of his saints. I do have to say this. What brought me to tears as I was praying in the middle of the night is I saw Jesus, not literally, but I saw Jesus. You know how when you pray, he had a child in his hands. He said, suffer not the children. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. What can I say? I'm sorry. He said to me, don't they understand that as you do to one of them, you do unto me? Don't they understand that those are my children? They're mine. They're his legacy. They're his gift. He's entrusted them to us. fatherlessness, that's why this is the time to cry out and to say to turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children. That's why God said your children are home with you now. What will you teach them? And I heard the Spirit of the Lord saying to me, tell them again, son, and keep telling them, as you raise up a child in the ways of the Lord, so shall they go. the greatest inheritance and legacy of any of us is children. Without children, the dreams die, the visions go away, the callings become nothing. Children. Children.